let go, especially of control. I think this is an industry that moves incredibly quickly and not everything that you put out is going to be the exact way that you envisioned it. And sometimes you just gotta let it go and let it fly and see what happens and adapt for the next thing. As a former agency refugee myself, it's always a privilege to have our agency friends and peers come on Social Pros to talk about the unique opportunities and challenges of, of being in social at an agency. Uh, there, not only are you operating at the speed of social, but also the speed of client service when those two things don't always necessarily align. Uh, and it can be difficult to, uh, to see your way through it and, and just kind of manage expectations. Uh, I, I love today's guest for kind of sharing the behind the scenes of a really big uh, launch on TikTok and just kind of giving giving a glimpse into the operations of uh, of an agency at that level. 100% agree, Daniel. This was an awesome episode. We talked right at the top of the show about my history um, in agencies, and obviously you have a long history in agencies as well. So it's really interesting to talk to Janae Smith, who is the director of social for Shadow, and hear about just how wonderful their culture is and all the cool things that they're doing. And you know, here, as you mentioned, just about the different ways in which agency life stretches you. I think, obviously, you know, we know that there are in-house pressures as well. So definitely not minimizing anybody's stress there. But it's just such a different type of stress from one to the other being in-house versus agency. So it's cool to get both sides of the coin on the show and just, you know, understand the entire spectrum of social from every angle. Yep, indeed. And we are excited to kind of get into it. But before we do that, let's hear from our wonderful sponsors, ICUC. Hey there, social pros. I'm Erica and she's Katie from ICUC. And we are, believe it or not, experts in community management. At ICUC, we've been doing community management for well over 20 years. Believe it or not, that's well before social media was around. But community management is everything. It's where you are engaging, whether it's blogs, forum, forums, the comment sections, all across social, anywhere where there's engagement happening and there is a community to be had where we're building loyal followers, where we're driving consumers down a, part, a pipeline into ROI, where we're bantering back and forth and, again, building that affinity is community. But Katie, can you share a little bit more about why what brands can do to get community management right in today's day and age? The short of it is you get out what you put in. So if you're not engaging with your community, you're taking 24 hours to respond to a complaint, you're ignoring brand love, you know, you're sounding like a robot by just copying and pasting all of these things. Um, you're going to end up getting less tags and images because you're not engaging with them in the first place. You're not cultivating and nurturing that community. Uh, and so that's really, that's the short of it. You get out what you put in. So the more you invest in it, the more brand love, positive sentiment, UGC opportunities, uh, the more you get out. Yeah, community management is really like the source of opportunity. If you're paying attention, if you are making sure that you keep a finger on your pulse of what your fans are saying, again, the good, the bad, and sometimes maybe the ugly, you can really set your online strategy into overdrive. If this is something that you want help with and you're building a foundation, maybe you have a foundation and you're happy with it. You just want to go in and paint the walls a little bit different and optimize. 
please come and talk to us. We are experts. We are fiercely passionate about this. Visit icuc.social. That's our website. We'd love to, again, set you up with some expert advice, talk to you about how you're going to continue to grow. And if you want to be a social pro truly, please do community management. But while you're at that, enjoy this episode of Social Pros. Social Pros listeners, I am particularly excited about our guest today because over the course of my 17-ish or so year career, I have spent probably 99% of that time at agencies. And it is just such a different vibe, such a different environment. And I'm really, really excited because we have with us today the director of social for Shadow, Janae Smith. Janae, welcome to the show. It is so great to chat with you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited to speak with the both of you today and to dive into more about the work and Shadow and all the things. Thank you. Same. And also, too, Jenny, thank you so much, because we do talk to so many um, people who are in-house. It's it's really a rare treat to get somebody who comes from the agency side and gives a bit of a different perspective and um, just so important. We'll talk about brand partnerships and all that good stuff. But before we officially dive in, um, of course, Shadow is an amazing creative marketing and communications agency. But for those who aren't explicitly familiar with Shadow and may have only heard of Shadow, can you give us a little bit of an overview about uh, your agency and also yourself as well. Sure. I will start with myself. So my name is Janae Smith. I currently reside in Philadelphia, but with this new hybrid remote world that we're living in, I claim a few cities as my own. My educational background actually stemmed in medicine, but I took a very hard pivot uh, into marketing and visual arts. The parents were thrilled no, they're really, they're, I, they actually are really happy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I'm like that, like going from medicine to marketing, they probably were like, I'm sorry, what? Because even my face was like, whoa, that's, that's a, that's a jump. Yes, it was quite the jump at the time. And at the time, I also was not entirely sure the path that I wanted to go down. It was more, I just knew that I needed to pursue a career that allowed me to tap into my creative passions and curiosities. And so, you know, that led me to degrees in psychology as well as master's in marketing and visual arts. And I started my professional career on the brand side in the health and beauty space, and then wanted to dip my toe into agency world. And three years later, I'm now the director of Social Health Shadow. And, you know, we have a lot of disciplines and we have work spanning across creative strategy, media relations, influencer marketing, experiential and events, social media and content development. Uh, we like to say that we touch all aspects of culture, hence why we have so many disciplines and we, you know, have so many clients across fashion retail and beauty and travel and luxury. And uh, we just really keep ourselves immersed in culture and we have a very diverse set of clients. Yeah, diverse set of clients um, is an understatement. We will get into that as well. But I would also like to say too, um, just going back to your original from medicine to marketing approach, if it wasn't for psychology and also marketing, bacon wouldn't be a massive thing. That was all a master plan campaign. So thanks to um, marketing, PR, and uh, psychology, we now have bacon as like a full-fledged staple in the U.S. So I don't know. I'd say things good, good things come out of it. I would agree. Let's talk about some of the work that you've done at Shadow because you really, really have done a lot. And, and as we said before, you know, 
your uh, client roster is just amazing. So one of the first things that I have to ask is how are you helping to navigate clients through this time right now? Because it is rough and rocky in the social world right now. There's craziness happening on pretty much every single platform. Uh, things are shifting. Uh, things might be banned. Like, how are you in shadow really helping clients get through sort of like this unknowable, unforeseeable future? Mm. That is an amazing question. Uh, I will back up and kind of talk through of how the division is sort of structured. So I oversee our social division. We are a team of four and five, including myself, which is really exciting um, how we've grown over the last three years. Um, but the division is broken into two categories, one of it being day-to-day. That is always on. Uh, we are doing everything from original content production. I actually just came from a set to this recording. So that's from original content producing, copywriting, editorial planning, community management, crisis comms, all the things. And the second part of it is project and consulting work. So that is really surrounding campaigns and product launches and seasonal moments, right? So we're tapped on a project and consulting basis as well. Um, So when thinking about how we are assisting clients during this time, well, first, I feel social has always been unpredictable, even back to AIM and MySpace days and the early days of Facebook, it's always been such a wild, wild west of a place. Um, And so I think really, if we were thinking about the two platforms that reign supreme, which is Instagram and TikTok, it's really about, you know, doubling down on your content strategy and understanding that not all content can play on both platforms, right? So while you want the brand to show up, on both places and in both places with similar values and similar messaging, the way that the content is executed is going to look a lot different. Uh, And that's what we really try to propose in a lot of our strategies is that we may not want to see the same TikTok video on Instagram, or you may not want to see the same photo carousel that you have on Instagram over on TikTok. It's two different audiences. It's two different plays to play in the social space. And so I think It's really honing into that strategy and understanding who your audience is, who your community is, what they're looking for in this really weird time because they're feeling it too. Um, And I think when it comes to platforms coming and going, really what stays at the root of it all is the community. And so I think that that is where, you know, a lot of the time and the investment should be spent. You, you mentioned in uh, some of the pre-show uh, conversation and notes, uh, and you actually even just touched on sort of your your team size at Shadow, uh, and you you had referenced in uh, in our our pre-show notes that you're you're sort of delighted that you know for uh, in a lot of cases, many cases, social teams have grown beyond teams of of one person into actual teams of people, uh, which gives all kinds of opportunities for professional development for just collaboration and you know not feeling quite so lonely doing the work um but i i am curious social can be quite a an intense uh operating environment uh, especially in the agency end of it because you're you're kind of touching potentially different brands and uh you're just always on uh possibly even always on for a couple of different people at any one time so I'm curious, as you kind of meander and and operate through 
some of the client work. How are you approaching the issue of staffing? Are you kind of rotating people through uh, roles and client responsibilities to give just gives a little bit of downtime so that uh, you know try to avoid or do your best to avoid uh, burnout in the process? Yeah, that is a really great question. It is a, it is exciting. I I love. Um, I'm such a champion for, you know, brands and companies and agencies investing in social teams. You know, there was a time where, you know, we would get the last of the assets or would be the last to know. And that's just no longer the case. It's a key touch point for all of the campaigns and work that you see um, on the day to day. Um, I think as far as structure and when it comes to an influx of work, especially I can even think of a time holiday, right? Everybody is doing a holiday campaign. And what does that structure look like? I think it's one, having an honest conversation, you know, with leads and the team and understanding what the bandwidth is like, assessing what calendars are looking like for our always on clients, which we try to be a month out in planning. So we're not working day to day. We say day to day and always on in the sense of community management, in the sense of posting and publishing, but that content is well planned out and well in advance, especially when we know we're coming up on heat moments such as holiday. Um, I think as far as rotating roles, you know, it, it's definitely important uh, to have core responsibilities for everyone on the team. Um, and one of the great things about Shadow is that we do cultivate a space and a place, you know, for people to collaborate and to for people to try different things and, and to try things outside of their roles. And so there is sort of a rotation of responsibility. And, you know, I try to encourage our team to speak up on things that they want to try and things that they want to tap into while keeping cognizant of the things that are already on their plate. Um, so it, it is case by case. It really, it really depends on you know, what's happening on the day to day and how big of a scale the projects are that we're being brought into, because um, it may not need to tap the entire team, right? We may just need a strategist or we may just need a community manager. Um, we've seen that in other projects that we've done um, for back to school last year, where we, you know, curated a back to school TikTok campaign for Herschel. And that was a community management based campaign. So we brought in our community manager and myself to lead comms on the client side, as well as to facilitate comms within the platform while everyone else remained on the day-to-day -day accounts. When it, you know, a full shadow production, such as the L uh, Super Bowl campaign, which starred Jennifer Coolidge, you know, that is something that we scripted, casted, produced, um, and then were brought in to build the social strategy for, you know, that was myself and then bringing in our strategist and our senior manager, right? So it's really dependent and, and we sort of pick and choose based off, based off of people's plates and what is the need for the project um, so we don't overwhelm anyone on the team. Janae, I'm really glad to hear you say that because we have been exploring the topic of burnout on Social Pearls a lot recently. It's Obviously, it's been a it's been a factor that's been rising even since before the pandemic. But then, of course, once the pandemic hit, it really felt like that burnout was just amplified. And um, it's just I'm really glad to hear you kind of keeping your eyes and ears out for it because it's it's such a problem. How do you encourage people to kind of take a step back if they are feeling a little burnt out? Because as social like as the front line for social, we get a lot of the brunt of everything. 
It's a lot of real-time feedback. It's a lot of being on 24-7, both professionally and personally. How do you encourage people to kind of take a step back, especially as Daniel mentioned, like in the fast-paced world of agency life, when you're covering maybe two to three clients at a time, or, you know, you're launching a campaign and you have to keep your eyes on the metrics. How do you encourage people to recharge? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I, I try to encourage my team to take a step back by leading by example uh, and taking a step back myself and voicing that, hey, you know, I'm going to be out of office and I'm not going to be reachable and I won't be bothering you. And I think that has helped my team advocate for themselves and when, when they need a moment, when they need to take a step back. And um, I always, you know, do my best to lead with as much empathy as possible while remaining efficient and um, getting the job done. But, you know, I think, I think the key is really showing the team that it is possible to work in social and to have a vacation and to take a day um, and to even take a week if you need, because there are plans and processes that, in, that are in place and there are ways to plan out and plan ahead to where you don't need to log on and nobody has to ping you. And there's really nothing to be anxious about um, by logging out of Instagram or logging out of TikTok or deleting your Slack, you know. So I think that's really the key is showing that senior leads, that if senior leads can do it, then junior leads can do it too. Yeah, for sure. I am so excited, I, again, just to hear you say that because I'm really ready and happy to see this like new wave of management style coming in where it is leading with empathy. And it's not that there wasn't empathy before, but I think there was this sort of like hard veiled professionalism of like, you don't say that you're tired. You don't say that you're burnt out. You don't say that like you've hit your max because if you've hit your max, you have no value to us. Like, it's so nice and refreshing to hear that across the social landscape, people are taking the approach exactly like you just mentioned of being like, oh, it's okay. Like, we're people. Like, we're people. We're doing, we're working with people. Like, I just appreciate your approach. Thank you for outlining that. Thank you for acknowledging it. Really appreciate that. So with the, again, going back to some of the social media landscape unpredictability, um, even though, to your point, I completely agree, it has been really kind of uncertain. It's always been kind of weird and squishy. Um, but with some of the more extreme uncertainty happening, what are some of those bigger, higher level trends that you're seeing in general with platforms or with trends or just at a broad scope, you know, sort of what are some of the big things that you're seeing today? I would say that, you know, a lot of brands are really positioning themselves as hubs of entertainment both on TikTok, which has always been, I think they call it the last sunny spot on the internet internally, right? So th that has always been uh, entertainment at its core. Um, and now Instagram, you know, it's, it's always been a little bit more aspirational, but I think we're seeing a lot of brands really lean into the entertainment side of Instagram as well, um, through reels, through guides, through collabs, through you know, real replies and stickers and all of these native elements. And so I think that is like the biggest trend is like bringing the human connection back into social. That's where it originated. Um, and so it's nice to see history kind of like going back. It, I almost, it's almost like a sad in return for, for social, right? Like it's coming back to itself and it's, you know, really rooting it into the people because that's you know, what drives those vanity metrics that everyone looks for, engagement and audience development and growth and sales. Like it's people that do all of those things. 
And so if you're not connecting with them and if you're not meeting them where they are and, you know, anticipating what they may need or what they're looking for in a, in a piece of social content, um, then it's really going to be hard to, to succeed uh, in this world of unpredictability uh, when, it, when it comes to social media. So um, I think that's the biggest trend is entertainment. Speaking of the real timeness of social uh, and teams, I think uh, I mean I'm, I'm echoing Anna. Happy to hear you, your kind of focus on leading with empathy and, and being an example of how to do that. Uh, the 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 real timeness, I guess, of social can lead to some some definite challenges for those kind of on the front lines of it. Uh, just kind of recognizing their work, seeing the value in it, because it, everything changes so quickly. Everything has a short shelf life, so it's difficult even to replicate the success of one thing again in the the span of that particular micro trend. Uh, I, I'm curious with, with you know operating a, a a social team on the agency side, how do you kind of recognize the success with them or for them in that that sort of very short term real time operating environment? In a way that they they can kind of feel good about and celebrate, and and hopefully translate into renewed success for you know the next tactic that they that they dive into. Yeah, I think when working with teams, especially on the agency side, it's really important to affirm that the work that they're doing in real time, just as the work that comes in is done in real time, the praise and the acknowledgement acknowledgement should also be done in real time and given the credit where and when it's due and in places where it's visible to other people, right? So what does that look like? Shouting them out in Slack channels, you know, um, on internal calls, giving them a thumbs up in Asana or any project management tools that you look at. Um, those little moments of affirmation and uh, go a really, really long way uh, in, a, in an environment that is in very fast pace. You know, I also love to level set, right? At the end of a campaign, at the end of a really big stretch or a moment, um, I, I really get my team together and remind them of the work that we're doing, right? And remind them that social is the top of the funnel of the marketing channel when you really think about it. And then in terms of access and visibility and possibilities of where it could go and who it could reach and who it can touch and who it can move, it's really exciting. And Every post that we put out has that potential. Um, and I think that lights a fire back into the team when it comes to going into the next brainstorm for the next campaign. And like, well, how, how can we create a story? How can we touch somebody? How can we make somebody laugh? How can we pull out somebody's heartstrings? How can we connect with people again in this digital world that we are all living in? Um, so I think it's, it's two-pronged. It's in real time affirmation. And then it's also like a level set and a debrief after a campaign and recognizing the moments and the wins and also what it is that we're actually doing, uh, which is way bigger than just, oh, we're going to put something up on Instagram or we're going to go post a TikTok, right? So I think it's those two things for sure. I think uh, I think a lot of our, our social pros, listener community are in the midst of potentially growing their own social team, maybe going beyond a team of one, hopefully a team of a few to a team of more than a few. I'm curious, what are some of the things you look for in young young social pros who you may be kind of hiring and bringing onto your team? Do you 
Do you try to look for uh, evidence of instinct, of passion for the subject matter that maybe they'll be working on, or passion for the platform that they may be working with most, uh, some sort of connection to the community? I'm curious, what are kind of some of the things that you think indicate or uh, suggest they may be a, a success in that in that role? Mm. That's a great question. I look for passion in the space. I look for hobbies and interests and quirks because, as you all know, everybody has a different for you page. And I look at teams just as that. You know, we want to make sure that we're curating teams that have different points of view that can bring different ideas to the table and that we're not all locked into the same bubble and seeing the same thing every day and outputting the same things that other brands and other people are doing. Janae, I'm really happy to hear you say that because, you know, there's also so many different ways that people use social. And I know that obviously, you know, it's just it's getting that whole perspective on your team that obviously contributes to those bigger ideas, the, you know, different ideas and really just having different team members with different skill sets. I love, love, love that approach that you just outlined for us and and what you look for. I would love, speaking of the team and the talent in the work that you're doing, um, would love to dive in because speaking of TikTok, and we've been kind of brushing on it um, a little bit uh, over the course of our conversation, you helped launch Sunbomb's TikTok. First off, I love that brand. It's just such a cool, fun brand. But also, too, it's really interesting to be in this position of like 20 years ago, helping everybody set up like helping clients set up their Facebook pages. And now it's like we're having to help people set up TikTok presences, but in a totally different way that changes the game on everything that we're doing. So can you walk us through how you approached it, what you did, what that looked like, and some of the results from it? Yeah. Oh, that's bringing me back. Um, Sunbam is a, is a really great brand. They are truly, truly a special bunch of people to collaborate and work with. And uh, we were brought in, this was a project-based, you know, work. So we weren't brought on in the day-to-day, but we were brought in to help facilitate how they show up on TikTok um, and what that looks like. Once we acknowledge that, like, TikTok is, it can be a scary place, it's then offering levels of execution based off of the teams that they have in place. So the first step for Sunbum was really saying, hey, you know, did you know that you can shoot most of this content? And a lot of brands that you do see who are performing well on TikTok are shooting on their phones. It is not highly produced shoots. It is all incredibly native. And it's really all about just starting uh, and, and getting over that fear and really exposing yourself and diving into the platform and getting to know the audience there because it's very different than an audience on Instagram. So I think that that was the first step is like offering them content ideas that can be shot on iPhone. Then when thinking about key launches and key initiatives at the time, we were helping them ideate around skin, their skincare, and, you know, what that larger initiative could look like, you know, curating ideas and potential talent partners that could help amplify the content, how we could integrate into their already, you know, how we can integrate and tap into the conversations already happening on TikTok around the brand because they were already seeing so much brand love organically. When we typed in hashtag Sunbum at the time, there were already like 
so many videos with hundreds of thousands of views and they weren't paid. So we knew that they, this was the time for them to show up. And um, I think when it comes to that second level of content, when thinking about larger scale initiatives on TikTok, we then bring in talent partners, we bring in, you know, ways to execute the content that are above an iPhone. I don't think they've reached that just yet. I think they've found a lot of success on just using their phone and being incredibly attainable and relatable. Um, and so that was that was a little bit high level of the work that we did for them. And it's been really fun to watch them, you know, experiment and try things. And I think that's also part of it, too, is that you can't be afraid for videos to flop. They will. They just will. You just never know. Um, but you continue to take even the flops as learnings and ways to kind of, you know, tailor your strategy moving forward. And I think that's like a really big part of it is, you know, letting yourself flop and then figuring out how you move forward. I love that point that you just made, too, because it just got me thinking about how, you know, it's so hard. We always just like as a social community, as a collective social community, try to get people away from those vanity metrics. And we think that, you know, just because something got less views than something else, like a lot of times we do, we're like, well, that didn't work. And it's like, well, okay, like maybe we should also take our own advice, you know, and be like, just keep posting and keep going. Like, doesn't mean you failed, just means like keep moving and keep going and trying something different. Like, don't always look at everything as a failure. So love that. Love that. Also, going back to your point about um, Sunbomb and, you know, being super relatable, I love the approach that you took with them too, because it is a huge commitment to start an entirely new channel and get it up and running. And, and I think we sometimes underestimate that, even, you know, brands underestimate that. And so just giving them something that is so attainable, yet also so on brand too, because Sunbomb is very relatable as a brand. Like they're very fun. They're very casual. There's nothing like stodgy or, or super stiff about them. So I love that approach that you took with them. Thanks for walking us through that. Yeah, of course, of course. It was so interesting in the moment because when they came to us for the project, it almost felt inevitable to your point, you know, because they are a casual, very easy, uh, easy to get to know brand. They feel like you, you're talking to a friend. So it was almost a surprise that um, we, we didn't find them on TikTok already at the time because uh, we were like, oh, this is your platform. This is this is where this is it. You know, like this is the place where you really get to play and you really get to show that personality and let your hair down as a brand and, you know, still talk about your values and your mission as a brand, but also show the people behind it and, and just how cool you guys are because they are. Um, and so it was a lot of fun putting that together for them. Speaking of having fun and showing off a more relaxed side and letting your hair down, Let's talk about shadow social because you all do some really fun stuff and you show a lot of the team, a lot of the culture. And one of the things that it, I've always known to be true from my experiences working on an agency side is that it is so hard to manage a client roster and still keep up on your own social profiles, your own website, your own agency, collective like marketing effort. Like it's so hard because typically those teams are shared. Like the people, at least again, from my experience, I'm sure Shadow might be structured a little bit differently, but an agency social almost becomes like a litmus test or an extra portfolio piece to clients. 
So can you talk us through your approach with that, the teens that are on it and how you actually decide to show a different side of shadow? Yeah, thank you for that. What really anchors our Instagram strategy is three things, and that's collaboration, core values, and just who we are as people. Um, So for the collaboration piece, we work really, really closely with all of our account teams and sharing news. um, And we really love being a part of that process and amplifying the wins in the portfolio of our clients, right? And I think that is incredibly necessary to be that resource to, you know, will be a resource really of discovery to the media brands and the potential talent and the potential clients who follow us. That's number one. Um, on the recruitment side, I think it's it's truly the biggest compliment when I do hear people who do come into Shadow and, and they say to me and they say to the team that the reason why they put in an application was because they saw us on Instagram and they saw what we were talking about and they really appreciated our point of view on DNI initiatives and they really love seeing what was happening behind the scenes. And they felt like they really got to know who we are as people, the people behind the agency and behind the work. And they really connected with that. So it really goes back to, you know, my earlier points just around connection and tapping into your audience and what they're looking for. And what we found with our socials is that people want to know, especially at a place of employment, who they're going to be working with on the day to day. Um, And I think the last thing, too, is, you know, we curated a voice that is incredibly unique and casual and fun. And we want to feel as relatable as possible and and not get lost in the technicalities of it all. We just want to talk about the cool things that we do um, and make it very easy for people to understand and to grab and to hold on to and to resonate with. Um, And so that really comes through in our voice. And it's been a lot of fun testing and learning that voice. So copywriting is a big part of that as well. But yeah, it's been really, it's been really cool to to see it all come to life over the last three years. Speaking of Shadow's own social, where is the best place for people to follow Shadow? Are you on the same handle on all the places? Yes. Same handle on all the places. It's at We Are Shadow on Instagram. Uh, that is where you will catch us the most, honestly. Uh, TikTok is where we really, really let our hair down, you know. Um, but Instagram, you'll get like a full plethora of our portfolio, our core values, who we are, what we're working on, what's upcoming. I think it's a pretty cool channel to follow, if I do say so myself. So, <laughs> indeed, very, very much agree. So definitely go, go hit up and follow on Instagram and elsewhere. Uh, there's a lot of really just good examples of how to bring your agency culture to life and uh, and celebrate the client work, but also just kind of uh, celebrate the the community and the culture of the agency itself and the organization itself. So go check out We Are Shadow on all the socials, Instagram in particular. Uh, Janae, thank you so much for being part of Social Pros this week. Before we let you go, we always end on the final two questions we've asked every guest who has ever been on Social Pros. Uh, If you're ready for it, I can hit you up with the first question. I am ready. If you could give a piece of advice to any social pro, what would it be? If I could give any piece of advice to any social pro, it is to let go, especially of control. I think 
this is an industry that moves incredibly quickly and not everything that you put out is going to be the exact way that you envisioned it. And sometimes you just got to let it go and let it fly and see what happens and adapt for the next thing. So that would be my really, you know, my biggest piece of advice for anybody looking to come into this space is that you got to let go of that control um, and, and be willing to fail and be willing to succeed as well. Yeah, that's a huge, huge one. I feel like a lot of brands still have not um, embraced that or it's really hard to embrace because, you know, for so long, uh, brands have controlled every single channel with, you know, paid placements and having every single thing exactly where they want it to be in the layout or, you know, in a publication. And yeah, it's still something I see brands um, struggle with. And also something that I also personally struggle with. Anybody else out there who is a type A personality, um, I, I might present as a type B, but I'm very much a type A underneath it all. I mean, it's hard. It's a struggle. So I'm going to keep working on that, Janae. I'm going to take that advice to heart. I am a transformed type A. So I, I'm now a hybrid, you know. Nice. It, it took me a minute too. So I, I'll preface that. Like it was really hard for me coming into this space to be able to be so laissez-faire about things that you put out. Um, and it's not laissez-faire in the sense that you don't have a care for it or that you don't have a passion for it. It's just that you really, really want it to succeed. And sometimes it just doesn't. And, and that's okay. And, and it's recognizing that it's okay if it doesn't. It's that you take the learnings and you apply it to the next one because you just never know what that next one is going to bring you to and take you to. So it can happen. It happened to me. <laughs> I'm going to build up some resilience, some social resilience, uh, and I'll get back to you and let you know how it goes. Okay. Um, perfect. Janae, on to your second and final question for today. If you could have a video call with any living person, who would it be? I'm just going to say the first person that comes to my mind. I love, love, love and adore Tracy Ellis Ross. I feel like we would just have a really great conversation about authenticity and living your best life, which she does both for herself, but then also in the social space. I love following her on all of the channels. And I think I just want to know more about her point of view and her perspective on life and um, just doing things authentically for you because I think that, that can translate to both your personal and professional career no matter what you do. So I that is someone who I would love to have a video call with and a conversation with uh, is the I see Ellis Ross. Yeah, she is phenomenal. Um, just everything she does is awesome. And then also too, I don't, I don't even know why I never connected that Diana Ross was her mom. And like, I just, I guess like she seems just so humble and like never talks about it and like doesn't make a big deal out of it. Like, so when I found that out, I was like, whoa, like it would just be cool mm. to hear her entire story. Totally agree. Like start to finish story. Yes. She's very casual about that fact. And I'm like, don't be casual. Don't be right? casual. I'm just literally <laughs> one of the greatest singers of all time. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, agreed. Like I never knew that, I think, because yeah, she never brings it up. So um, love that. Um, and I also don't think anybody has ever mentioned her as one of their video call uh, recipients before. So I'm 90% positive 
that uh, you can stake a claim on that one. So if uh, any social pros calls do happen, you absolutely get uh, the first right of refusal. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Oh, <laughs> um, Janae, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really great talking to you. And thanks so much for just talking through your whole process and your approach to teens and clients. Um, huge, huge, just awesome advice you gave on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for all the thoughtful questions. And yeah, I look forward to listening to more and more episodes. You guys have been doing a really fantastic job and it's it's been really exciting to watch you guys grow. Thank you. We appreciate that very, very, very much. We will keep doing what we do here and we look forward to keep seeing what you do at Shadow. Everybody, again, go follow We Are Shadow on all of the channels and also go connect with Janae as well because Janae is awesome as you heard on the show today. So Janae, thank you. We um, definitely, I think, are going to have to have some follow-up calls uh, in the future. Um, we do love having repeat guests on this show, so don't be surprised if we reach back out. Social Press listeners, thank you so much for being here as well. We really appreciate you coming back and listening to us week after week after week so that we can continue to talk to amazing people like Janae. And we hope you will come back and listen to us again next week on another episode of what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Social Pros. Social Pros.